we are uh, just going to, over the next couple weeks before Christmas, look at some Advent themes. And so uh, today's supposed to be the week of peace, and we're going to talk about uh, abundant peace today. So just begin by, if I were to ask you, uh, do, do you feel at peace today? I mean, if I could kind of maybe peer into your soul, if I could sort of maybe peer into your inner world, would I find your inner world at, at peace? In such a way that you can just kind of take a deep breath. And when you breathe out, you just, you just feel the peace of God just ruling and reigning in your heart. And you feel his peace ruling and reigning over every circumstance. I mean, do, do you feel that flowing through you today? Because if you don't, there's a better way to live. If you don't, God has far more for you than you can imagine. Uh, our God is a God of peace. And he wants to fill us with his peace. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And perhaps one of the reasons you just don't feel this overwhelming sense of peace, even though everything around you might be falling apart and there's struggles and suffering, maybe you're sick or someone you know who is sick. I mean, if you still don't feel that peace, it may be that you've missed the way of peace. Uh, living this life where you're just kind of filled with peace in the midst of of difficult circumstances is not normal. It's not natural. It's not something that you just kind of fall upon. It's, it's something that you walk in. There is a way of peace that you need to walk down. In fact, uh, the Bible actually uses that phrase a few times. In Romans 3, it says, the way of peace they have not known. Luke 1, 79. Super long chapter right there. All right. Uh, to John the Baptist, it says he came to guide our feet into the way of peace. And of course, he's pointing to Jesus. Because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. There is this way of peace that you have to walk down. And it may be that you've only walked partway down this road and you have this great sense of peace at times in your life. But at other times, you, you're just not there. And so we're going to talk how we can travel down this road of peace and how you can be filled more with peace. And it begins with just understanding that our God is a God of peace. One of his titles in the New Testament, here's just four, but it talks about this more, that our God is a God of peace. He's a God of love. He's a God of goodness. He does, he's a God of, of all, he's, he's sovereign and big and huge, but he, he's full of peace. Paul uses this phrase over 12 times in the New Testament. Just about every letter he begins uh, uh, writing, he begins with this phrase. Grace to you and peace. Not just grace. Because we love his grace and we think about his grace. Go, I got his grace, but do you have his peace? This overwhelming peace that is more powerful than any situation. Paul says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, that God is a God of peace. Our Lord Jesus, he is peace, and he wants to work in us. Uh, in fact, Jesus, in one of the Christmas texts, Isaiah 9, it talks about, for this, we know this one, for to us a child is born, but it goes on and says that he is our wonderful counselor, Jesus is mighty God, Jesus is everlasting Father, and Jesus is Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And not only that, but of the increase of his government and of 
peace. There will be no end. There is no end to his peace. You can never get to a place where I've got all his peace. He is a river of peace. There is so much peace found in God, in Jesus, that it's overwhelming. So again, if you don't feel this abundant peace in your life, there's more. There's more. In fact, I would suggest to you that God's will for you as a Christian is to live in abundant peace. Uh, Jesus, in John 16, talking to his disciples, he said, I've said these things to you that in me, not, not in your stuff, right? Sometimes we go to other places to find peace. If I just watch my favorite show, then I'll just get peace. If I do this, and you might get it for a little bit, but again, God is the God of peace. It's in Him where we find this abundant peace. That in me, you may have peace. He says to this to you as a believer, in me, that you may have peace. It doesn't mean you're going to have peaceful situations around you, because look what he says. In the world, you will have tribulation or trouble. In me, you will have peace. But around you, there's going to be trouble. But you can still have this peace. And he says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. He is bigger and stronger. His peace is more amazing than the trouble you're going to face in the world. And so, uh, a couple more verses here. 1 Corinthians 7, 15, God has called you to peace. He has called you to peace. So do you have it? 2 Peter 3, 14, even more serious. Be diligent, Peter says, to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. You are to be diligent to make sure that when Jesus looks at you, that he finds you even in the midst of trouble, to be at peace. That I, I'm just at peace. Can't explain it. My situation is beyond that, but I'm at peace. In John 14, uh, Jesus says as well, peace I leave with you. When Jesus was about to die and then rise from the grave, he says, he says, peace I leave with you. He has left you the way of abundant peace. But he says, I give to you not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Let your hearts, not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Again, that this peace he leaves with us is in the midst of trouble and and situations that might make us afraid. But he says, don't be troubled. I've got abundant peace for you. Okay? Okay. So we're going to look at sort of the road of peace. And of course, it's got to begin with Jesus. Uh, This is the Christmas text here, Luke chapter 2. This is the angels uh, shouting out to the, the shepherds. They're singing, and they say, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Peace on earth. This is not a future thing. We're on earth, right? I think all of us are on earth. It, it, this, this is a promise. There, there is peace for you while you're on earth, while you're in the midst of trouble. There is peace for you, but, but he says this, with them whom he is pleased. Is God pleased with you? 
And the answer is, well, he's got to be pleased with me because I did a lot of good stuff this week. That's not how you please God. It's not. You can be the most amazing person on the planet, and God may not be pleased with you. Because Hebrews says that it's through faith that we please God. It is only when we believe in Jesus and have faith in Jesus that he shines on us, and all of a sudden this promise of peace on earth can become, become a reality in us. Has to do with Jesus. Some more text on peace in this, this area. It says, Now in Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus, for he is our peace. Romans 5, we have been declared righteous by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, again, remember, God is the God of peace. And we are naturally connected to God. We're just not. God is all peace, love. He is perfect. We're not perfect. God's home in heaven is perfect. We're not perfect. We cannot be in this intimate relationship with God because we mess up, we sin, we fall short of perfection. But Jesus says he has brought us near. Jesus comes in. He lives this perfect life. He dies on the cross taking upon himself all of our sin, every one of our mistakes, so that when we believe in Jesus, all of our sin, past, present, future, is, is washed away. And all of a sudden, God sees us as perfect, and so we can draw near to the God of the universe who created the galaxies and the stars, who is all huge and powerful and mighty, that we can draw near to good, not God, not because we're so amazing, but because Jesus is that amazing. He is our peace. And when you believe in Jesus, do you realize that the God of this universe looks at you, and he looks at you with eyes of peace? And some of you just don't get the gospel. You still think that God looks at you with anger and disappointment, and you didn't really do a good job this week. I'm really disappointed in you. If you believe in Jesus, Romans 8 says, there is now no condemnation. That he looks at you with peaceful eyes. You become his son or his daughter. And Hebrews says you can boldly come into the throne room of grace and come up and say, Abba, Daddy, I need grace, I need mercy. I just want to talk with you and hang out with you. That you used to be far away, but now you've been brought near by Jesus. There is so much peace in that. I don't know about you, but when I just think about me and all my mistakes and how I mess up, and, and then I think about this mighty God, and then I think about him just gazing at me with these eyes of peace and love and joy, uh, that just washes away a lot of distraction and discouragement, and I just have peace. I mean, if you picture yourself before God today, do you? you feel peace. And if you don't, it may be that you don't believe in the fullness of the gospel. Jesus is that good. And so this way of peace begins with making peace with God because he is the author and he is the one who houses all peace and we need to be close to him and the only way you can get close to him is through Jesus and he begins to look at you with eyes of peace. 
Now, he's a good dad. He's a good father. And there are times that we do kind of get off track. We do kind of lose the way of peace. And, and the Bible says sometimes our good father will, will even discipline us. But do you know that God's discipline, that one of the purposes is actually to bring peace back into our lives? I love what kind of Hebrew says about this. And I missed this for a long time, but it says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful. I mean, sometimes God will take us through a painful situation to teach us something, but it's not because I'm so angry with you. Big spanking, you know. It's to bring you back to the road of peace. For the moment, all discipline seems painful, but uh, seems painful rather than pleasant. But then it says this, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. He wants to bring you back to the road of peace. Jesus took all your punishment on the cross. He's not going to punish you, but he will discipline you because he wants to bring you back into relationship, back into peace, because there is no better place for us to be than close to Jesus. And you ought to be incredibly thankful if God disciplines you to bring you back because he is the way of peace. Now, so Jesus brings us back to God, back to the God of peace. But part of being saved is that God fills you with his Holy Spirit. It's basically a Holy Spirit. It's kind of like a big garden hose of, of, of God, and he just fills us up with, with who he is. And uh, Galatians puts it this way. The fruit of the Spirit, or when you live by the Spirit, some translations say. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and we're going to talk about joy next week because Peace is kind of the foundation. Once you get this, then you can move on to just abundant joy in your life. Peace. Fruit of the Spirit is peace. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. God kind of puts this garden hose that comes from Him. His peace and His love and His joy and His patience begins to fill us and begins to change us. But here's the thing, and here's how we can lose peace. The Bible says we can kink, if you will, the hose. All right? 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirit. God wants to fill you so amazing with the fruit of the spirit. He wants to pour so much love into your life and so much joy and so much peace. And he's turning the garden hose on full and he is filling us. But sometimes we can kink the hose. Through disobedience. The Bible has a lot to say about peace, this abundant peace and, and just living for Jesus. This abundant peace and, and righteous living. Uh, here's just some of the connections. Uh, Psalm 119. Great peace. Not, not, not just a wee bit. It's, this is a lot, right? Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. You can quench the spirit by not opening your Bible. Or by opening your Bible and just getting, okay, I got five minutes, I got to read through this chapter. I mean, the Bible is not given to you so you can rush through it. This is God's word. You are to read this and have a conversation, right? I mean, I just picked something here, but oh God, that you would speak and open his, you would speak and you can take that and say, God, I just wish you'd, 
I want to hear your voice more. I mean, you read this and you take it in and you listen to Jesus and, and you read more. I mean, when, when you read the Bible like that, I mean, God does stuff in you. I mean, it may be today that you just don't have peace in your life because you don't love his law. You don't love his word. Very important, okay? Isaiah says, and the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quiet and trust forever. Isaiah 48, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you would have paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. Abundant. It would be, he's saying, this peace would be like a river. It would be just flowing from your life if you weren't quenching the Spirit. God wants to do so many good things in you through His Spirit. Sometimes we think, oh, it's kind of fun to quench the Spirit because I get to go do this. No, 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 no. God's ways are always best. There is nothing that is more beautiful and fun and exciting and amazing than when you're just walking with the Spirit. You're just allowing him to touch you and to fill you more and, and to allow his peace to just flow out of your life. I mean, that's what you want. And it means walking in the Spirit, okay? So Jesus, filling of the Spirit, also the mind. The Bible says that our peace, this abundant peace, that our mind actually plays a lot in, in, in how much peace we're going to experience. Uh, Romans 8 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. In any situation, you can kind of take it and you can look at that situation, that trouble, that problem, and you can set your mind on the flesh. This is never going to work out. I am so pathetic. God can never use me here. This is horrible. It's impossible. And all your peace just drains right out of you. Or you can set your mind on the Spirit, where there's life and peace. And you know what? Persuasion's hard, but I serve a God whom all things are possible. God's power is made perfect in my weakness. God is going to carry me through. I mean, any situation, you can either set your mind on the flesh, the worldly, the natural, or you can set your mind on, on God. Isaiah says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you. And this is the way it would be. That every situation we, we face, that we don't look at that situation kind of in the worldly, fleshly, natural realm. It'll always lead to discouragement. Yet we do that. It's never going to work out. So horrible. You know, my life is falling apart. There's, there's no hope. And we, and we dwell on that. And we think just worse thoughts. And it gets worse. And then we get discouraged. And then we just get in this cycle because our mind is totally set on the flesh rather than the spirit. And if you can begin getting this, that every situation you face, that you just begin to fix your thoughts on God and his power and his ability and his spirit, I mean, all of a sudden, these hard situations, there's this peace that just kind of comes over the situation. I mean, the point is this. You cannot afford to ha have any thoughts in your mind that are not of God. You just can't. You cannot afford to have any 
thoughts in your mind that are not of God because it'll just rob you of peace. And, and it's something I've just been really learning lately. And one of the things that really kind of set it off was early in the year, craft uh, dinner ministry, they kind of changed the lunch hour to shorter. And I was kind of kind of discouraged. And then this one day, the kids should have been here. And there was like five kids. And I was just like, this is never going to work out. I mean, if there goes our whole ministry and now I can't love these kids anymore and serve them. And they're just so discouraged. And, and Seth, who comes and helps us sometimes, he came up and says, he, he, he kind of said, you're looking at this through eyes of the flesh rather than the spirit. It's not what he said, but he basically said, uh, Jesse, well, sometimes when you step out and do things for God, Sometimes Satan wants to stop those things. And basically what he did is he took the situation, instead of looking at it from the earthly, he looked at it through the eyes of heaven. And I don't know what that little conversation did, but it just, it totally changed me. And now what I'm trying to do is every situation I face, instead of thinking it through the lens of my own abilities or how hard it is or how discouraging it is, I try to filter everything through heaven down this way. I mean, are you doing that? I mean, what situation are you in right now that is robbing you of peace? I mean, what is it? How is your mind in that situation? Are you filtering that difficulty through your own abilities, through earthly ways, through just hardship? Are you taking it and coming down through heaven and filtering it through the promises of the Bible when you, you're just realizing that, man... And peace just begins to build, okay? So your mind is important. In fact, uh, Philippians 4 says this about our mind. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth, uh, worthy of praise, think about these things. Those things, Right? What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace, and there's our God, will be with you. That somehow God honors you in a special way when you begin to look through our situations through his eyes rather than our own eyes. And he just kind of surrounds you in a special way. And as that phrase in the Bible says, the peace which passes all our understanding, just, it just begins to work in you. Okay? And this last phrase here, that God of peace would be with you, I, I think is another part of this river. Okay? Jesus has brought me to God. God the Father looks at me with these eyes of peace and love. Spirit is filling me with all the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to do everything I can not to quench the Spirit so more peace will just override my life and flow into others. I'm going to work on my mind. I'm going to take everything that I see in my life. I'm going to filter it through heaven rather than through the earthly way. And then just the realizing that God is with you. God is with you. The Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you because there is no condemnation because Jesus has brought you near to the Father. He is with you. And the more you understand this, the more it changes you. I, I love the image of Psalm 23, right? This, this guy is such at peace, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's just at peace. And I, I don't need anything more than you, Jesus. You're amazing. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He's just in the meadow. You can just picture this peaceful. He's just walking in the meadow. So, so peaceful because he's, he's with his God. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. You just picture this guy walking through this canyon like Lord of the Rings kind of scene, right? All these enemies around the valley of the shadow of death, and he's just, he's got abundant peace. Not because he's like Gimli with an axe or whatever, not because he's Superman or extra special, because he knows God's with him. I mean, God's not going to let anything happen to you that hasn't first gone through his plan. Because God loves you. And God is all good towards you. And just settle in the fact that God, God's with me. The same God who created the heavens and the universe. The same God who can do anything. The same God who works miracles today and works miracles all throughout the Bible. He, he's, he's with me. Do you realize that in your situation? That this God who looks at you with eyes of peace is walking with you through the valley, the shadow of death. It's awesome. So here's the deal. You have this abundant peace that is offered to you through Jesus. It's never enough. You just got to enter into that river and, uh, and allow him to go with you. But once you have experience this peace did you know you're not supposed to keep it to yourself i mean all this awesome stuff that the other the wednesday night i was kind of listening to some worship music kind of worshiping and for a while i just kind of got like the sense that too often we as christians we just bask in the love of jesus and and we don't pass it on enough god does not fill you with his abundant peace so you can just kind of hide it and keep it for yourself and just go, this is so amazing. He wants you to, to spread it on. And Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. And, and I like to kind of put this one in reverse, right? Because of Jesus, you are a son or daughter of God. God calls you his son. He calls you his daughter. And sons and God, uh, daughters of God Back it up. You're to be a peacemaker. This is just who you are as, as you are a child of God, that God has rewired you to become a peacemaker. And you are to walk out and just let this river of peace be flowing into you through the Spirit and just flowing out to you and just touching those around you. To let this peace affect those people that you work with. To let this peace affect those whom you go to school with transform those around you right and even uh, proverbs 16 7 says when a man's ways please the lord says this he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him there's something about this person who walks in peace and and begins to flow that god does step in and says you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna begin healing this situation because this peace is, is just flowing through you i mean are you walking in the river of peace today Don't get caught up in the trap of saying, you know, it's okay that I'm so discouraged all this time. It's okay that I never have peace in my life. No, God's will and desire for you is that you might let his peace rule and reign in your life. And we'll just sum this up with 
Philippians 4. He says, the Lord is at hand. God is with you. Do not be anxious about anything. Why? Because God is with you, and he loves you, and he's for you. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You just walk in intimacy with God. Just talk with him throughout the day. Let him minister to you and just, just love on him and bring your requests to him and thank him and, and worship him, right? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And if you've been a Christian for any period of time, you will know situations where they're, they're very difficult, and sometimes you just say, this is really weird, but I have such peace about this. I can't explain it, but this, I should be freaking out. But I just have this peace, which I don't understand because God's peace is so big and so amazing, it surpasses all understanding. But that's not supposed to be just some event that happens every three years where you're in a situation and go, I have such peace about this. God wants you to live in a way that that's your way of life. I have such peace about this. This is hard, and this hurts, and this is devastating, but there's just something in here where I take a deep breath, I just, I feel peace. I feel the peace of God at work in my life. And he offers that to you. You are here, and you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. He is offering you this amazing relationship where all of your sins will be washed away in his name, where the God of this universe will no longer look at you with eyes of wrath because without Jesus, he looks at you in anger because we're sinners. But the moment you turn to Jesus, it's all washed away, and he looks at you with these loving, peaceful eyes where he says, there is now no condemnation. Allow Jesus to minister to you. Just invite him into your heart. Ask him for forgiveness. Begin to walk in his ways. Begin to walk down this river of peace. Okay? We're going to come to the communion table. Communion is, in some ways, a reminder of the peace that Jesus has offered us in our relationship with God. Jesus told us that we were to come together and we're to take bread and we're to take wine, but this, this is juice here, so don't freak out, okay? And we're to take those things and we're to eat this bread and remember how he broke his body in our behalf. And we're to take this cup and we're to drink it and remember his shed blood in our behalf. This table reminds us that I am at peace with God. And you come here, and as you come here, you're reminded that God is looking at you with these peaceful eyes, not because you're so amazing, because Jesus is that amazing. And if you are here, and you would never call yourself a Christian, you would never allow Jesus into your heart, but you want to make that first step today and just invite Jesus into your life, you're, you're welcome to come to this table as a first step of saying, you know what? I love you, Jesus, and I just thank you for what you've been doing. And so if you are here and you're a believer, you love Jesus, you are welcome to this table. Uh, Paul said you come to this table and you are proclaiming the Lord's death for your life. That's what you're doing. You're coming here saying, Jesus, I thank you for what uh, you've done for me. So we're just going to have a song playing in the background. Uh, no rush. Uh, maybe you just want to listen to the words. 
of the song. Maybe you just want to pray. Maybe you just want to confess some sin. Maybe you just want to rejoice in what he has done for you. But we'll just open up this table, and so when you're ready, you can come forward. And uh, if you have kids here, uh, we just leave it up to you as parents. You know whether your son or daughter is a, a follower of Jesus, and if they love Jesus, they're welcome to the table as well. So let's enjoy Jesus. Let's celebrate his name. Let's pray.